And then it tells us at the end, all things will work together for the good of them that do what? Love God. Which means that the spirit, when you get into this stage, this is where we're going, you are praying in tongues over this. When you pick it up, you are praying in tongues and you get to a place, if you understand prayer at that deep level, which is important to give birth to things, you are praying in the spirit, you get to the point where... Alright? You begin to hear the spirit groan out of you. How many people have explained, uh, experienced this? Let me see your hand. If I, you hear the groanings of the spirit, which means it's almost like just going, ah, you just hear. It's, you are speaking in tongues, but you can hear the spirit doing something else. You are hearing sounds that you are not the one articulating the sounds. Alright? The tongues, you are framing it, you are articulating it, but sounds are now coming out. It might be after maybe 45 minutes of praying and articulating, you're just hearing that. You're just hearing that. It means the spirit of God is groaning about something. It's pushing for something. There's something that is going on. And if the spirit completes the groaning there, then all things in that situation now start working together for your good. Which means that you have responded correctly to it. All things now begin to work together. Alright? Light now starts coming in. You start reading the word of God. Revelation in an unusual way starts coming. You start obeying the revelation. 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 Light begins to come. You are obeying that. The word of God is fresh to you. Alright? You are moving to another level and that's because of the groanings and the travails of the spirit that is inside that place. That's what happened to Jesus when he was going to face the cross. His disciples were in that normalcy mood. Alright? He said, look, we are now going to the cross. He told his disciples, you'll be offended in me this night. They said, who? Peter, he said, never God. Peter, Peter said, Jesus, me, never. And Peter was being sincere. You can be sincere and incapable of manifesting your sincerity. You understand this? You can be. You can sincerely tell somebody, I love you with all of your heart, sincerely. And you can see a curved ball in the marriage that you are overwhelmed with your sincerity. You understand what I'm saying here? That's why people say, oh, he lied. He might not lie. He might have said the truth and said it sincerely. But when certain things happen, he had financial problems. He, he hit him here, hit him there. After some time, the love went through another way. So it might not, you understand, it might not mean that people are lying. Oh, they are lying. No, it doesn't mean that. If Jesus understood Peter. He said, Satan has asked that he may be sifted as wheat. If you are married to a man that is a, as an assignment over his life, and nobody picks up the assignments and prays it out, there will be a problem. Alright? And you, it's the fault of man, but it's not the fault of the man. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. When we say it's his fault, you can't say it's the devil that made me do it. But what we're saying is that, you know, it's the devil that made him do it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Alright? So what we say is that when there's that kind of assignment, you know, and when Jesus told them, he said, folks, he said, folks, you know what? He said, you're going to all offend, get offended. Ah, oh, they said, he said, because Satan has asked. I pray that you might not fail. They said, Jesus, what are you talking about? He said, we're going to be, tonight, there'll be crucifixion. I mean, look at it. They saw Jesus as a man of power. Absolute power. One that looked at the winds and said, peace be still. One that spoke to dead bodies and came up. One that went and fed, you said, who is coming to crucify you? Who is coming to catch you? They said, it can never happen. It can never happen. Look, Jesus, please stop talking rubbish here. Hmm? Let's go and sleep. What, what's going on with him? He said, he's going to die. Who, who, we that we are planning as when you become king, who is going to be, <laughs> who, who in this world can come and touch you? But you know what? Jesus didn't give them the food. When they were following Jesus, they didn't see everything. They didn't know there were times that there were assignments of death on Jesus' life. And that Jesus sometimes wants to go into a city and they will have seen death. And it will take two days to pray it out before he entered. They didn't know about that. All they just knew was Jesus entered into the city. The Bible says of Jesus in the days of his flesh, after he had offered prayers with strong cries and groanings unto him that was able to save him, which he knew this was death. All right, he prayed until God released power and he was saved from. They didn't know about that. 
They just felt that with Jesus just showed up, you know. Ah, Jesus just showed up, you know. That's why when people say, ah, you know, sometimes people say, ah, oh, maybe they'll say a man of God somewhere, ah, ah, you know, the boats were, when the water was coming, I just saw this minister of God, I knew we were safe, I went to sleep. Listen, it is not because a minister of God is there, it's because traveling prayer has been offered. You understand what I'm saying there? It's because Jesus did the work. He told them, you see, as I am like this, if I don't pray and sweat blood, he said, I will fall into temptation. He said, listen, stay here and travel. He said, until or else you will fall into condemnation. So they had no idea about how Jesus built his ministry. They had no idea when they were casting out devils that there was a prayer covering over them. They had no idea. They just thought that we just entered the place and we just said it and then it happened. They had no idea. They had no idea about the intensity that was going on behind the scenes. They had no idea about that. Alright, so they just took everything for granted and felt that, you know, all things just work. Let's just, you know, continue with, with this normality and all of that. Alright, and this one we want to look at. When things like this happen, how you, you handle, how you deal with these issues within your life. And when this movement starts... Alright, things happen within your environment. God is moving into another level. He's, he's moving into another level. There's something he wants to do and you, you catch that. Alright, it's important that you start praying because if you pray it out, you can pray it out two months before it happens and have the light of the situation and adjust your life totally. By the time it happens, it's almost like, how did you know? Alright, you've adjusted your life. That's the way we ought to live. We are not like men in the flesh that when something happens, we now realize. We are to be children of God, children of light that have picked things up in the spirit and have prayed those things through. I want to look at this. So this is the real way we ought to live our lives. It's not that, oh, you know, I have a need. And we look at this. Sometimes you pick up, pick up these burdens. You have your rent to pay in eight months' time. You don't have the money. You have no plan. You have no way. That based on your salary, there's no way you get that 800000 and when you think about it, eight months before the time, a burden comes inside your heart. You don't do anything about it. Are you following me? You don't deal with it. When the burden comes, when you think about it, and the burden enters your heart, God is saying, let me travel over this thing. Let the Spirit pick this thing up. This is the time to pray over this. This is time for us to get the breakthrough in the Spirit. This is time for the revelation all right, to have. Because if you allow us pray through on this matter now, all right, then in by four months you might have gotten all of the money and you'll have started somewhere. When it's time to pay, all right, people will say that, oh, I'm believing God two weeks to the time and start confessing. By two weeks' time, I have my 800,000. Listen, they've ignored all the signals. Do you understand what I'm saying? Somebody else has prayed it out and God has worked all things together for his good. Two months after that, he met somebody who opened another line of business and they paid him two million and God says, now you have, don't go and spend this now. I know you see that car. Out of it, 800,000 below. He calls his landlord and says, can I pay my stuff up? Uh, no, he decides not to do that. So the landlord doesn't increase it. So he says, that, listen, <laughs> that might not be wise. All right. So he says, this guy has money now. All right. So he decides that, listen, I'm going to put the money somewhere and says that, and he's now living at peace. It's not that he's fair now. Confess. Come. You understand what I'm saying? You are at peace. You should have some peace. You get what I'm saying? Uh, God prepares before the time. He's not an emergency God. Do you understand what I'm saying here? We need to get into this. And God gives signals. Sometimes two years ahead. Sometimes you want to get married. You have seen a pattern inside your family that has created a burden. That you should start praying about it and break through on it. That what will happen? And by the time you get married, you'll be the only one that that thing doesn't happen to. 
But people wait until there's fighting and punching in the house. Then you remember that, oh, there's something that's generational. Let's now go for a meeting. And there's one to break generational cause. Oh, yeah, come forward. Then you're running. You have already punched. You get what I'm saying? You have seen the traits. The thing created a burden on the inside. This is the way we're supposed to live our lives. Are you know what I'm saying? There are things you think about that you know on the inside. When somebody is thinking about starting a business, and every time you think about starting a business, what really gets you is that where will I find capital? You get bothered. You should start praying about that. You know what? If you pray through on that and break through on that, then suddenly you just find out that what was the hindrance becomes the strongest place. Do you follow what I'm saying? So this is how we're supposed to live our life ahead of time, which means we're in front of the curve. We are not behind. We are not that the thing has, the curveball has been thrown before we realize that something was going on here. So the normality bias refers to an extreme mental state. People enter when facing a disaster. It causes people to underestimate both the possibility of a disaster occurring and also its possible effects. This often results in situations where people fail to adequately prepare for a disaster, for the disaster. The assumption that is made in, this, in the case of a normality bias is that since a disaster never has occurred, it won't occur. Which means that since that never occurred. I mean, sometimes I listened last night to the crash of the, they, they were, they were what, what do you call it now? They were, um, uh, what's the word? Re, what, well, not simulating. The crash of the Polish president about two years ago. All right, they, they, they built it like some just what really happened from the cockpit, the voices, and they realized that the pilot kept saying he started getting signals, pull up, pull up. This thing is a thousand, um, two thousand feet away. You could hear the people pull up, pull up. That there's danger. The chief protocol officer, they said the president of Poland was a very impatient man. That is not the first time he did it. He would say no, I'm not agreeing. That the chief protocol said it's just a small problem. Go, he said, fuck, go into it. That's what made them die. They saw the thing ahead. But you know what? Do you think about it? How can the president of a country, the chief of army staff, the ambassador, all of us die? It can't happen now. Ah, it can't happen. Everybody just die like that. Now ah, nah, let's go. You know you think, I'm like, ah, ah. You mean all these people will die? Ah, ah, no. Ah, what, 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 what will happen to the country? Ah, this is the country. They like, ah, ah. Ah, ah. No, it can't die. Go. You understand this? I've told you in the spirit realm, all things are what? You understand what I'm saying? You get the warning signals, all things are what? Pray through. So it results in the inability of the people to cope with the disaster when it occurs. Which means that because they didn't prepare for it, when it now happens, they can't cope with it. You pray through, if the thing happens, you as an individual, you are ready to cope with it. People with normality bias have difficulties reacting to something they have never experienced before. People also tend to interpret warnings in the most optimistic way possible, seizing on any ambiguities to infer a lesser serious situation. Which means you now look for all these little things there. So even though the boss didn't greet me properly, you now look. But when we went downstairs, I met him on the staircase. He said, good afternoon. Ah, all things are okay. You know what I'm saying? The obvious is there. You're now looking for these ambiguities. All right? Are you looking for this small thing? You, you can see it that, oh, you know, this relationship is in crisis. You know, he hasn't called you for, 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 for six weeks. But then you look at him, ah, I called him last Saturday. And he spoke to me for 15 minutes. He spoke to me for 15 minutes. You, are you from there? You start going into all those realms. 
Start trying to hold on to things. And hold on to things. It's like grasping for salvation. Just looking for anything you can hold on to. To say that it's all right. It's okay. It's okay. Without doing the real work. To make it really okay. Without you confronting the real issues. To make it really right. And if we confront the real issues. For every appearance of that. We get huge advancement in our lives. Never. I can tell you this. There are things I've looked at. And I've told myself. Oh boy. This is late. You've tackled this thing late. It will take you two years to resolve this matter. Therefore, just calm down. Alright? This is a two-year project. Right? There are things that I've picked up in the spirit, prayed about long before those ones. You get out of it in minutes. Well, there are some I'm telling you really. So if you go and meet for say the truth about the matter is that in, in, in God here, look, we will have to work out our salvation. You understand this? Because we missed it in a particular place. And make no mistake, the only reason why bad things happen to good Christians is that they don't respond to the body. That's the only reason. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 5. Let's close with this scripture. So place and days are journey, stuff will happen. Right? We are going to go through stuff. But we're ready for the fight. Read from one elderly man, what makes a normal man rise from his private station to the rank of a prince? Which means you see a normal man rise from his private station to the rank of a prince in a society. He says it's simply that man's willingness to confront hard situations and to fight his battles. See a man rise up, his willingness. A lot of people don't want to confront the hard situations in their life and fight their battles. They don't. They want to run away from their battles, they want to hide from their battles. Look, if you want to live a full life, it's going to be warfare till Jesus comes. Let's see what I'm saying here. If you're going to have an inheritance and an estate, right? If you begin to show up and you start getting things and, and you start becoming a person of influence, people will be coming to meet you just to take from you. You wake up and everybody's trying to suck. That's the lie. And if you get angry, you can lose everything. You have to be mature enough to know that this is the life I have chosen. Are you following what I'm saying? This thing is not for wimps. It's not for people that, you know, something about, uh, no, it's not for wimps. I told someone that told me something, I said, listen. I said, you see me? You know me as a very generous and kind person. I said, that's why you said this. But do not forget, my will is made of steel. I said, this is who I am. If you see me on face value, we laugh, we talk, you say, oh, you just ask me for that, I give. But you ask people that know me. I ask them inside the office. They will tell you that when he arrives at the decision, there is no emotion there. That is the life that you are, you understand what I'm saying? Once you avoid hardship, which are the confronting those issues, and the trouble of fighting your battles, you are reduced to a private citizen from any estates that you have in life. You are not worthy to, to be there. Said it's of Bishop people what people see is not just... I mean, it's a man that stood in Kaduna when they were firing arrows outside his church. When people were running, pastor and everybody was running. Born in churches, he stood outside. Come to living faith if you are able. The reason why all those generals, all those men see him, those Bamangadans those, those who are respect him is that they knew that this was the man that stood. Where they were firing arrows, he said, we will stay in the church. We are not moving. If you have faced that in the north, what's Lagos demon? 
Lagos people that everything. Uh, <laughs> it was the Lagos people. That's why the thing exploded in Lagos because when you carry the grace of the north into this city, you will explode. What is the challenge of Lagos? Uh, Shepherd, uh, one five million. Look the, over there <laughs> where they are firing. Pua, pua. You are, here, you are preaching. You are here. <laughs> <laughs> Abu are looking at you, Pastor. I said, and the word of God. <laughs> yes, I Lagos, that was the challenge. There's no AC in the church. And the AC is not blowing, it's not it's not AC. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> the AC is not working properly. Alright. Mm. Alright, let me close here. Mm. So never complain at the appearance of battle. Murmuring ignites a fire in your life. Look, if you're in a position today, they promote you into management position with greater challenges. Put your mind, never murmur. If they come and meet you and it disturbs you, are, you know, you are tired. And people, if you murmur, you ignite a fire that can consume you from that position. Don't ever murmur. When they come, Father, I thank you. If you murmur, just call, and you're complaining, just call yourself, God, I'm sorry about this. I confess this as sin. Never again will I murmur. It is my business to solve this problem. You have given me the wisdom. I thank you and I receive an impartation of wisdom. It is my work to do this. If someone comes to meet you with an emotional problem inside the office, you say, am I your pastor? Am I your pastor? It's because they saw something in you that they came to meet you to cancel them. Are you following what I'm saying here? And you don't cancel them. Then three, three, three years down the line, you say, you know, I feel I'm called to ministry. But God called you there. Are you following what I'm saying here? Uh, I say I'm called to ministry. I'm called to ministry. That's the God called you there. And if you had started counseling those people, you might have found out that that's where your church started. Do you understand this? So open up yourself. All right? And get mature. So let's close here. Second Corinthians 5 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. If you lose anything in the natural, there's a replacement in heaven. Do you hear what I say? Anything natural. Heaven has something else it wants to bring. Alright? Look. Anything. For in this we groan, which means for this replacement. In this we groan, earnestly designed to be clothed upon with a house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found what? Naked. Which means that if you don't do this groaning, you might be found what? Naked. Your nakedness will be revealed. And explain what it means. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened. Which means a burden comes so we groan. So that that burden, alright, if it is dealt with, our nakedness will never be seen. Not for that we might be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. And verse 7 says, for walk by faith and not by sight. And it speaks about that labor, which is a labor of faith. But let me just close it. Let me give an example here. What does it mean that when a person is naked? For example, we give this thing of somebody who the rent is due in eight months' time. And he hears, you know, maybe someone just says, oh, so when the rent is due again, he thinks about it and the burden of the finances come. And the Spirit calls and summons that soul into a place of true traveling prayer. All right? And you begin to pray, and you don't pray. You go into normalcy. They've not come to meet you for rent now. Your friend comes with a car, carries you out. You're enjoying air condition. He has his own house. Like, you, understand? You, you have your own assignment. You leave that, you're following somebody else. Play music, you are enjoying. You're a big boy. You haven't yet sorted out your issue. 
Right? So you don't pray. You leave it. But then, this is what it means for nakedness. On your door, you've been telling all the people, follow me to church. On the door, you have a sticker, El Shaddai. More than enough. At the bottom of the door, give us never lie. Then we enter on the fridge, 2011, my year of supernatural success on precedented ballistic motion. Then on this, you have all of that. But there is a body. Those stickers mean nothing if you don't deal with the body. Are you following what I'm saying here? They mean nothing if you don't deal with the word body on the inside. Summons in church don't count again until you resolve that body. Did you hear what I said? That is the assignment from God. Which means that if you deal with that body in prayer, you come to church next Sunday, you will hear what you should do about that situation. Now, you don't know what you should pray for as you ought until you pray it out with groanings that you will know what you should do as you ought. Now, you don't do that. After eight months, the landlord comes. He looks at your stickers. I beg, please, remove all this, all this nonsense. This is how they will say they are born again. Remove all this. Open the door. Then you are there dodging. You tell your child. Tell them that that is nothing. Now, where do you, tell them I want your book. Ah, they, are you not children? They are very honest. Until they corrupt, others corrupt them. Hey, but that is, you're telling a lie. My children in the school say I shouldn't lie. You know, your nakedness is nothing. My children in the school say I shouldn't lie. Then the wife says, it's not lie. Eh? It's not. It's, so the two of them now. <laughs> you know what's going on? Nakedness. What's what it called? That you were burdened eight months ago that you might groan over this thing. That you might not come to say that with fig leaves you are covering your nakedness. You should have allowed the glory of God. The house that is eternal made in heaven will have come down. And immortality will have been swallowed up of life. Something will have happened that within four months you will have entered. Maybe something will have happened around you that you will have had no cause to ever lie about it. The landlord will come and you just come out and say, this is your check, sir. He will say, but ah, you are paying this thing with so much ease. Eh? You know what? You know what he'll tell you? I have land to sell. I think it's time for you to build your house. I'm telling you this. And from it, he will tell you, you don't have to pay me everything. In fact, instead of paying all this rent, eh, let's structure the payment and you will see that when you deal with it in traveling prayer, it's not just the cash that manifests, destiny comes out with it. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Therefore, any time you are burdened about something, listen, it's because God wants to birth something in your life. For him to work all things together, don't sin against your future by ignoring it. Don't go to sleep like the disciples and say, we'll sleep. By the time we wake up, it will be gone. If you sleep, if you sleep and sleep and sleep, and God allows you from time and it disappears, then you are in real trouble. Because you didn't deal with it, but God has seen that. You are not ready to carry this weight, and he pulls it away from you, which means wait for the manifestation. And wisdom says that when you didn't hearken unto me the day of the calamity, don't call me He says it's too late. Wisdom itself tells you that a time might come that is too late. It's in the Bible. Are you following what I'm saying here? So please, if you have any burden, real serious one in your heart, before you eat rice today, shut the door, say, I am coming. Hmm? I need to deal with something. And go and shut the door. If you cannot pray loud, you don't need to pray loud. Eh? The Bible says Jesus groaned in the spirit before Lazarus. And stay there and start praying and allow the spirit of God to lock himself on that situation and pray it out to the point where you get a release. Where anytime you think about it, you want to get, you, 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 you see, when you pray it out, when you think about it, you are supposed to get worried. 
alright? But you would even try to get worried and you find out there is peace. Have you ever been that kind of thing? When, when you even want to try and think that ah, we should be worried about, you find out that peace surges from one part of your being and knocks it off. That's how powerful the Holy Ghost is in you. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word and we ask that you establish us in this truth and in all